welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender community. Uh, we're back, and I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla. And I'm Carl. And it's been a big month. You know, we decided to play a slightly longer game for, uh, for once, knowing that it might take some extra time. And these two had already played it, and I was like, well, I haven't, but it's okay if I take a little longer. Uh, and I, you know what? I pushed myself, and I played a lot during my vacation week, and I was done in two weeks. <laughs> I you was were. ready to podcast, and y'all were not. I was not. <laughs> it's all right. People had things going on. Kelso was like moving house and stuff. There was Carl yeah, a getting a new job. It's there's all kinds of life things. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And it's fine, because it gave me time to play more Pokemon Legends Arceus, which I am, like, neck deep in right now. Uh, I really like it a lot. It took... I wasn't certain of it at first, but in the same way that I wasn't certain of, like, Breath of the Wild, because it didn't feel like a Zelda game, this kind of doesn't quite feel like a Pokemon game in exactly the same way. Uh, which is to say, a way that's, like, it's fun, and... Uh, different and i enjoy it a lot i'm probably gonna have to pick it up i um i like it's it's one of those things i was when it was announced i thought oh cool that looks fun i'll pick it up and then um i i kept seeing like oh we're we're doing you know more footage of it blah 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 like, oh yeah cool i'm probably gonna pick that up and then it came out and i just completely fucking missed it like oh that pokemon game is out huh yep. when did that happen so it's got action boss fights, which, like, what <laughs> in in my Pokemon game? <laughs> I I like the concept of like Pokemon in feudal Japan. I I like anything like they already did that. They did a they did a Pokemon crossover with the Nobunaga's Ambition games, which yes. is like a strategy RPG, and I played a little bit of that, but I'm that's not my genre. Yeah. Um, but I I have been thinking like, man, that would be nice to see more of. Um, yeah, really, it's, and the, really, like any if you take any contemporary series and like, oh, suddenly it's in the past now. Um, that's great. There's two Yakuza games that are like that that have never been localized, and the whole community is like, we want, we want Kenzan and Ishin. Give us those games, and you know, so far we. Yeah, I've heard that. the uh, I've heard the new Phoenix Wright game that does that is also very good. Same, yeah, the same thing. Um, I haven't played all of the Phoenix Wright games, though, so I feel like I can't just jump into that. Even though it's, like, a new series, um, and it doesn't matter, I don't think. But I still feel like I can't yeah. do it. Yeah, I mean, I've played... a lot of Phoenix Wright games, too. Like, there's a ton of those. There's a ton of them shits. I can't remember now if I've played the first two or the first three. Um, but I've played a handful of them. And yeah. they definitely seem like something where you could easily jump into any one of them, and it'd be fine. Yeah, I got the the phoenix wright collection on the switch so i don't I, I think i've played the first two as well but it's been so long that i mm -hmm. kind of want to play them again um and there's no reason that i can't because i have them all on the switch or at least the the collection um but you know yeah no i, I mean the first one games. has just like the most iconic moments in the one moment specifically that i'm thinking of in the last case that yeah. will forever define the series for me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
happy Pokemon is doing something else. Yeah, no, it's 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 weird. Like Pokemon can physically attack you. Like they don't not they challenge your Pokemon to a battle. Like they will literally like try and hit you with fireballs and shit if you do not dodge out of the way. To to be fair, I think I hate on Pokemon, but they do a lot of spin-off games. They do. Yeah, there's a, there's a ton of spin-off games. Um I just wish they only did spin-off games. <laughs> it's like the main games. Yeah, the main games are fine. Um, there, I mean, you know, you gotta have something to contrast with, right? Yeah, uh, I've, I've fallen off the main games pretty hard, but I'm still, like, happy to see more Pokemon. I would not mind if they made another Pokemon Ranger game. Uh, I really enjoyed Pokemon Ranger. I haven't played any of those. Um, see, that's what, like, there's so many spinoffs, it's like, um, that's, that's one that I just have not even touched. One, that one had, like, a really weird premise, which was that you, like, you draw loops around a Pokemon to represent friendship. Um, like, that's the mechanic. Uh, <laughs> so, it was, it, you know, it was a DS game, and the whole thing was you had to draw consecutive loops around a Pokemon on the touchscreen. And some of them, that's easy, and some of them, like, move around a lot or do attacks, and so you have to do it kind of strategically in an interesting way and it was more difficult and i don't know it was cool because you you didn't you had one pokemon that was like your partner that kind of traveled with you all the time but most of the things it would be like you and you know you encounter a downed uh like log in the woods that you have to get past so you have to go and like find a pokemon that can use strength uh convince it to be your friend have it come with you and then use strength on the log, and then it goes away. And then you can get past, and now you're in a new area. So it was, you know, situationally dealing with uh, whatever was around by by finding a Pokemon to help. I mean, that's always the thing that has interested me about, like, the Pokemon sort of universe. The thing that, like, really captures the imagination, especially when I was a kid. It's like... All of the focus is on Pokemon trainers, but they are such an integral part of the world that, like, <laughs> of course there are other professions and, like, I, you know, professions and just modes of interaction that are not train and fight, but you see so little of them apart from just, like, oh yeah, I've got this Pokemon and it hangs out with me and, like, gets stuff off of high shelves for me or something. I mean, literally, know. that's kind of what Arceus is about a little bit, because the premise is that it, it, like, takes place before people and Pokemon were, like, regularly partnering over things, and so, like, most people are afraid of Pokemon, and you're gradually, like, bringing Pokemon into this village to kind of help people out and show them that, like, hey, Pokemon can be good, too, and, like... They, you know, you they will work with you if you are kind to them. That's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to buy that game like today. I got, I got class action um lawsuit settlement money from my last job. Um, Boy, so... that's always a good thing, good sign. <laughs> yeah, I um, it's funny because it was like right after I had quit and I started getting some mail about like, oh, there's a class action lawsuit against your, you know, against the place you just quit at. And of course I see that and I'm like immediately skeptical, but I went online and I like, I found the case, like I found the filings and everything. And I was like, okay, this is, this looks legit. I'm going to like put my name in because I did work here from this time period. And um, yeah, like a couple weeks ago, I got, I got a check for $158. It was, um, it was like a wage an hour. So they weren't, 
they weren't like tracking time and paying people correctly for their time. Uh... I don't think it applied. I don't think it applied to my department. Um, but still, I worked there. I'm I'm getting a cut of this. They suck. Nice. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, that's where that's yeah Fair. that's gonna be my Pokemon money. <laughs> yeah. Everything everything happens for a reason at just the right time. Uh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, speaking of which, what have you been up to lately? Anything besides moving house? Uh, yeah, not really. Just a lot of unpacking and unpacking as it was as uh, I got a lot of practice. When we played unpacking a while back, um, it's so much harder. In the real world, you forget <laughs> that, that how much harder the actual physical labor of um, unpacking and and the boxes don't just disappear in a little puff of dust. You got to find somewhere to put all your fucking boxes. Our garage is full of boxes. Um, we have no idea what to do with the boxes. We're gonna have to borrow a. a someone's truck like a family member's truck to get the boxes out of our garage but yeah it's fine it's coming together Very we're cool. gonna have guests for the first time i think next weekend one of ev's mm. friends is coming down nice. they do music stuff together so that'll be that'll be cool i yes finish it takes two that's why i needed five minutes oh <laughs> yeah how was it yeah, it's good. I've been I... told that the gameplay is good, um, but the story... The story is the worst story I've ever heard. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't going to go quite that far, but sure. No, it's not the worst, but it's not good. But the game is... It's a solid game. Nothing like I will remember in ten years, but... So what is the premise? It's like a couple and their relationship is on the rocks and they get turned into magic tiny things and have to fix their relationship through magic? Yes. Okay. Yeah, specifically I think they're getting a divorce and their daughter is sad and somehow her being sad magically changes them into like little dolls. Yes. Huh. That's... My The thing I was going to say is what I've heard about the story is that uh, it is... Um, not very good at tackling a subject matter as serious as the one it chose. Yeah. Yeah, partly that, but also the small things of, like, it's very much telling you where you are all the time. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I've been interested to play it because it looks cool. I didn't, like, the story, yeah, sounds goofy and hokey, um, I would be interested to play it because I've been like working for a divorce lawyer for like seven months now. See how that plays out. Um, I mostly just see the bad part of that. Yeah, well, maybe you'll have some specific insight into uh, into how poorly this handles that topic. Maybe. The game is fun. It keeps bringing up new mechanics all the time. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It looks like... Um... You know, if if you're bored, wait five minutes and you'll have something new to do. Yeah, I saw, I caught a little chunk of the um, the speed run of it at uh, GDQ this year. And it looked like there was some real fascinating speed tech going on. And it made me kind of like want to try the game. Maybe Sounds I'll get neat. Huck to play it with me. Who are you playing it with? 
and my roommate. Ah. Cool, cool. Um, I don't know. Do we have any other topics before we get into today's game? Carl, tell us about your job. Oh, yeah. You have big news. Yeah, I got a real job. Um, I need a long-term contract. Very cool. You are officially a game designer! Yeah! Yay! Now it's like we're a legit podcast. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm the only one who has to get on board now. <laughs> Elzo, come on! I know. I know, I gotta do the thing. Nah, it's all good. You have you have the animation experience to to back us up on the art side of stuff. Yeah, we've all got our little our little things. Any other this, interesting stuff about was... your job, Carl? Or nah, not really. Okay, yeah. I mean, I guess you've been working there, and you're just now like officially, officially yeah. on on board. That's still cool, though. I'm happy for you. Good job. Yeah. Good job. It's exciting. May you may you make lots of awesome games that we all like. Yeah. Um all right, let's talk about let's get to this game that we're that we're going to talk about. Uh we played what Subnautica. What game do you want to talk about? <laughs> I want to talk about Subnautica Below Zero. Uh Published by uh, Unknown Worlds Entertainment. Um, developed by Unknown Worlds Entertainment and Shiny Shoe LLC. Uh, it's the sequel to Subnautica. Uh, except in the Arctic this time. And I had a lot of opinions on it, I gotta say. Um, I played the first one on stream. And... The second one, I felt like, well, uh, I mean, it's, let's get into, like, what, what the game is. For anybody who hasn't played it, it's a open-world survival game, um, so, but it's, it's not entirely underwater, but primarily underwater. Um, so you, uh, in the first one, you, like, crash land on this ocean planet, and you're trying to get off the planet, and in the second one, you intentionally come to the planet, you're a different character, um, and you are trying to figure out what happened to your sister. And most of them, they, uh, most of the game involves, you know, you have, you start with a little base, and you grow it bigger and bigger, and get, like, access to better and better technology, so you can swim deeper, and hold your breath longer, and you try and find all the things you need to get to the end of the story and along the way there's giant water monsters trying to eat you yeah or giant water monsters trying to eat you and giant water monsters trying to not eat you and small water monsters that try to explode you and just lots of hazards steal your shit steal your Goddamn shit sea monkeys yeah, the sea monkeys are okay eventually they if you yeah. If you let them steal your shit enough, they will eventually just start giving you shit, which is nice. I like the yeah. sea monkeys. I love their little... God, they... If, when they swim up to you with, like, a piece of ore or something, and you take it from them, they have this little animation where their fingers kind of flutter, and I love it. Yeah, Ooh. they are very cute, eventually. Yeah. 
But yeah. I was I started the game very angry at Sea Monkeys because they stole like one of my actual tools at one point, and I'm like, I need that. Yeah, whenever I saw Sea Monkey swim up, I would just like switch to something that I had on my hotbar that I didn't necessarily need. Um, you yeah. can chase it, chase them down, and get it back, but it is still annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah. So I. I have very strong feelings uh, about the differences between game one and game two. So I thought I would start with just like a, a talk about why I think the first Subnautica game is like an incredibly well-designed open world narrative. Like the, the content of the narrative itself is like, you know, it's kind of whatever, it's fine. Um, but the the way in which it's wrapped into the open world stuff is really like really well designed. So I want to go through for, with people's kind indulgence of me, just like, you know, navel gazing and listening to the sound of my own voice for a little bit. Uh, I want to go through like why I think the first one uh, is like a really good experience and what that experience is like. Yes. Go. Um, So you start the game crash landing your ship on this planet. So, like, immediately, you know, things are bad, everything's on fire. Um, literally, the start of the game, things are on fire. The first thing you have to do is put out the fire in your, like, crash pod. Um, and it's, you know, you step out of your little pod, and, like, it's just, like, barren ocean in most directions. And it's pretty clear, like, moment one, hey, your goal is you are in a shitty situation. You should try to survive and get out of this shitty situation by getting off the planet. Uh, and it's like, great. Okay. This is, you know, like moment one, I know my goal that is going to be my goal for the entire game, which is like very good. And the second thing it does immediately at the start is it presents you with an incredibly obvious weenie. Um, for anyone who is not familiar with the, the design term weenie, it's basically like a big landmark that you can see from a distance that draws your interest, like that's meant to draw focus. It comes from the tradition uh, in film and TV of if you have a dog and you need a dog to look at a camera, you hold up a little cocktail weenie next to the camera and that like draws the dog's attention and the dog will look at the thing. So it's basically, it's a way of getting players to look at a thing because it's big and obvious and visible from a dis distance. And so the big obvious weenie in Subnautica is the giant ship that you were on that crashed. Because you're in like a little escape pod, but the huge like city-sized ship that you came in is just right there. It's right next to you. And then like pretty early on, uh, your computer's like, uh, that thing's gonna explode. And then it explodes. Uh, but it's still there. It's just like the flaming wreckage of it. Um, so it's, you know, having no other points of interest, it's pretty obvious immediately like, hey, I'm probably going to have to go there at some point. That seems like a big point of interest. It's the only point of interest that's visible. But so they encourage you to go towards it, but they don't actually let you get close to it early on, which is kind of clever. So if you approach it, there are like big angry fish guarding the front and back. 
And if you approach it after the explosion, which happens pretty early on, there is radiation everywhere. And the game tells you, like, hey, you can't get here without a radiation suit. Um, so already you're given this kind of like, okay, if you want to progress towards the obvious goal, you will need equipment. Uh, and you are encouraged to, you know, look around and try and find resources and, you know, get what you need for equipment. And the game... The game does uh, give you these little, like, hints. As, like, periodically, you will get a, you know, call on the radio or something. They'll be like, hey, distress signal from a pod. It's And sometimes it will tell you the exact location of the pod. Sometimes it will just give you kind of a hint of a pod. The first couple, though, it gives you, like, here is a signal. Go directly towards the signal. And you learn that, okay, if I go find this thing that it's hinting me at... It's got, it will have an important piece of technology there that I, you know, will be something that I will require to move forward. And you, so you learn to associate these little wrecks with a fancy technology box that you can open and will have something important in it. So you, you learn every time I go, I should like not leave until I have found something good and fancy and important. Um... And then, so you start you start on that track of, like, finding these little, you know, pieces you need to try and get the equipment you need to go towards, you know, your goal. And then also fairly early on, you get a message on the radio from someone that's like, hey, we heard you crashed and we're going to come rescue you. Meet, meet us at these coordinates at this time. And you get a big countdown timer on your screen and a you know, thing you can follow to get to a very specific point. So you know immediately that that is never going to happen because the game would be over way too quickly and easily if they rescued you. But it does serve as a, hey, something big and important and story-related will happen at this place and this time. Please be there. <laughs> Sincerely, game. Um, so you, if you head to the location... You find a like a big island with a big fancy alien like building of some kind on there. And if you wait for the appointed time, you can watch a ship come in and the building turns into a giant gun and shoots the ship down. And so nobody is coming to your rescue. Uh, and then you can, you, if you explore the building, you uh, learn that the planet is under quarantine. And no nobody can leave or come in, uh, and the only way to shut off this gun in this quarantine is for someone who is not infected to do so. Uh, and surprise, you're infected. So now you have two goals. <laughs> you have to find a way off the planet. You actually have, you still have one goal. You have to find a way off the planet. But to do so, you have to A, figure out how you're going to do that, but B, also not be sick. You have to cure your illness. Uh, and, and there's also the constant like tertiary goal, not tertiary goal, but like survive. Yes, which you is must survive. Still, like, the primary focus. Yes, you must survive long enough to do these things as well. Um, that's yeah, that's like the constant background noise of all of this. It's like also don't die. Um, so you you still have this one goal, which is survive, but now it's been kind of split in two, and eventually you. Um, you do make it to 
the the broken down ship, and that's where you can find blueprints that for the the rocket that will take you off planet. And in the big alien facility, you find a list of other alien facilities that were studying the disease. So you basically, you know, the the as I said, the goal is now twofold. It's cure the disease, build the ship. And the way the game communicated those two goals to you was the giant weenie and the, like, location that was literally, like, a countdown timer and a set of coordinates for you to follow, like, really obvious. So I think it's, like, this brilliant way of getting you to, like, something obvious to tell you exactly, like, what the the overall goal and stakes here are. <clears throat> and each of these, pretty much everything you do uh, in terms of things you find leads you to getting closer to one or the other of these goals, right? As you, as you go to the alien facilities, you find clues to where the next alien facilities are. Uh, when you go to the... Uh, the big old gun on the island, that leads you to a portal, which leads you to um, another place that has a series of wrecks from a, a crew that used to be on the planet. Uh, and they, you know, they'll, they, each one of those leads you to the next base from that crew. Uh, another, another crew that, that previously crash landed. And so each base that you go to there also gives you some technology and mostly gives you, like, stuff for building your base up better, which is nice. Then you get to have a big fancy base and you can grow plants and things. Um, and even all of the little things, in like, a lot of them also lead you to something new. Uh, specifically, one of the little crash-landed pods that you find is... Like and one of the ones that they don't even hint at where it is, they literally just give you the signal to follow. Uh, it's right at the mouth of this enormous, obvious cave. And when you go into the cave, the cave is a series of increasingly linear tunnels that basically take you right to the end game. You go deeper and deeper and deeper. It gets harder and harder to get lost as you're going through um, until eventually you get to the final area. You, you know, get the stuff to cure the disease, and then you can... And as you're going, every time you get a little deeper and a little closer to the disease, you get a few more of the resources that you need to build the ship, so they kind of synergize really well. And then it all comes together in you cure the thing, you build the ship, you get off the planet. And so I think there's, there's a really... There's a series of really beautiful design principles at work here. There's this clarity of goals the things that they like absolutely don't want you to miss are very clearly marked and labeled and directed towards and everything or almost everything you find directs you towards something else to find um so you it's you still feel like you're exploring you always feel like you're going somewhere and you always have these little sub mini goals of like well you know, when I was at this last facility, it told me about another facility that was deeper and in this direction. Um, so maybe I can try and find that. Or, you know, I know that, like, there was a, a section of this this place, you know, that I was in before, where there was a deep opening, 
and I didn't quite have the depth to, to be able to descend that far, but now I have some slightly better technology, so maybe I can return there. Um, and it's, it's just really a really great balance of like direction, so understanding what to do next, and exploration of like letting you go places and figure out where things are and kind of make your, your own decision about where you should be going. And I really think that this is kind of like an optimal way to design a narrative in an open world game. I'm sure there are other al there are also other really good ways, um, but I was really impressed with how the first game did that. More and more, the more I thought about it, and the more I like went back and watched other people's playthroughs and saw them have a very similar arc, the more I was like, it really sank into me. Like, oh, this is just actually like a really well designed progression for a space that is open world. Yeah, they and do, then uh, they do a great job of like curating the experience. It feels like. I everyone's experience is going to be completely unique but they're not going to be that unique because they've done such a good job of queuing everything and that's exactly. really impressive i i will say yeah but i remember being so fucking lost in subnautica there so there going are around like looking for another piece for my like cyclops or yeah so i will say they don't they don't always uh, implemented 100% perfectly. One thing that I think they could definitely do better is that when you get to a place, the important thing you need to find is often, like, you have to scour things very thoroughly because it's often kind of slightly hidden and it's like, no, that's the one thing I needed coming here. You should have put it out front. <laughs> but eventually I got in the habit of like, okay, the moment I get to a place... I need to, like, find this box, and then I need to kind of just search in spiraling circles outwards or similar until I've, I am confident I've found all the things. I think I ended up having to go to the Aurora, which is the big ship, like, two or three times to find everything because I did not search well enough the first time. Also, you just don't have the inventory space to get a lot of the stuff that True. is in there if you want to really thoroughly loot, loot the whole ship. Yeah, fair. Another thing I want to point out before, because we're going to get into this, is Subnautica, the first Subnautica does not do a lot of story. Yes. They, it's, it's they simple. They tell it well, but they do not tell, like, a deep story. Yeah. The story is basically, like, you are trying to survive and get off the planet. Like, that's... That's basically the story. There is a, you know, oh, by the way, like, there was this huge disease that, like, killed a bunch on this planet, like, you know, a bunch of the life on this planet, including this alien species that were there researching it. Um, and there's, like, hidden lore. There's there's a bunch of, like, little hidden areas that you can apparently find. Um, they're, they're much more hidden than most of the stuff on the mainline quest. Um, I don't know if I found any of them. I think I found maybe, like, one of the slightly less important ones. Um, but yeah, there's a number of these, like, hidden temples and gardens and stuff that give you some of the backstory. But it's not important. You don't need it. You just mainly, you know, are following the one thread that they give you, and it's it's simple. And so it's easy to, you know, to, to follow and to keep track of. Uh, and... Yeah, so that brings us to the second one, 
which is similar in so many ways. Like, they try and use a lot of similar design tricks, but it's like... It's kind of like an un uncanny valley version of the first game, where just enough is off that it doesn't really work the way the first game does. Yeah. Um, the biggest one to me is that the there are two goals in this game. One of them is like this very nebulous, like I want to find out what the deal was with my sister. And one is, like, I need to help this alien find a new body because uh, he's now hijacked mine. And the first one is, like, so vague as to not have any real direction to go on. And the second one you don't even have at the beginning of the game. It's a, it's a goal you kind of pick up randomly, like, er fairly early on that is in no way related to the other goal. It's just completely independent and they they don't the two goals don't really interact with each other in any meaningful way yeah i think one of the and this feels like this feels like a decision that they made after the fact um so you you go to this planet your sister was a like robotics researcher who ended up working for altera the the big company that you know had the the ship on the first in the first game that crashed that you know you worked for them in the first game um and you in the second game are sort of like very anti-corporate, anti-Altera. Your sister went to this planet um, and died in what was labeled as a, like, negligence case. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, the, her death was ruled to be her own fault due to negligence. And you're like, that's, that's that not right. Sound something's right. something's yeah. fucked up. So you go there, like, pretty much illegally. Um, like, you, you land on the planet under cover of a huge asteroid storm and your your pod like takes a bunch of damage and like someone is dropping you off there and they're not supposed to be dropping you off there and you're going to get down to the bottom of it but the thing that feels like like something they decided after the fact was um the main character robin is like a a xenobiologist she is a person who studies aliens and oh what a what a coincidence you meet an alien of this big mysterious like precursor race oh what what a coincidence is that? How nicely that dovetails together. Um, but they like never talk about you know Robin as a xenobiologist. <laughs> like even yeah. even in the scanner logs and things, it's just like oh the alien took my stuff. Um, and it just it it really feels like they just kind of slapped that on there to make yeah. it you know to, to give her some reason to be interested in this alien and not her sister. It's. As a sort of side note, I don't know that this amounts to anything at all, but the uh, the trailers for this game feature like a a sort of grizzled old man character, um, and I wondered, like they had to model and animate him for the purpose of the trailer, so I wonder why they didn't, why they chose to do that and not the actual character in the game. And I'm and not sure. The, I think the reason trailer. is they oh, didn't have a character when they needed to do the trailer. And that was going to be my guess. And uh, yeah. it was made by probably um, they didn't make the tra make the trailer. They probably hired a team to make the trailer. Yep, that's that's yeah. that was going to be my theory. Is like probably it was a case of like, oh, you know, we're going to outsource this trailer, and they did it early enough in production that they didn't. But that implies that they didn't know what this story was going to be, like, until some ways through, 
Like, I, I mean, maybe they started on the trailer really early, but there are a lot of, like, other pretty final-looking assets in that trailer. Well, I, I don't necessarily know that they did know what the story was, because if I'm remembering correctly, and I might be wrong about this, but I remember um, when they first started, you know, when they first announced Below Zero, it was an expansion to the original game. It was not a standalone thing. Um, and I think that changed pretty early. But it probably changed far enough along that they're like, oh shit, we gotta get a trailer out and we're like basically starting to build this whole game from the ground up. We gotta figure shit out. I think the character in the trailer was Fred, um, the trucks man, which is <laughs> yeah. interesting. Um, Fred is a character that I want to talk about later. Um, but um, we can get into that. But yeah. yeah, I had sort of forgotten about that trailer. But yeah, I, I, I believe when the when they started making this, it was not a standalone thing. It was just an expansion. Um, yeah. So who knows how much they had to kind of come up with to make it its own thing. Yeah, and so that makes me really, like, really wonder because it it definitely feels like the story elements of this are just not as intrinsic to the game as the first one was, right? Like, the first one had just enough story to kind of establish your goal and stakes, and it was very intrinsic to what you were actively doing. This feels like, I don't know, a, a series of checkboxes on a, like, a linear sequence of events that happened to need, needed to be placed in an environment somewhere in a way that, like... Which, yeah. I mean, you could technically describe the other story as that, too, but it didn't feel that way. Yeah, it's it's weird because, it, like, thinking about it, it, it's clear that, you know, okay, the primary goal was always we got to investigate what's, you know, what has happened with our sister um, and the diseases there. And she, you know, she got on the bad side of corporate and they basically had to, like, get her out of the way. Um, so you're, you're coming up on this big thing of corporate malfeasance, but then the other thing has to be, well, how do we get, how do we get our main character back off of this planet? Um, and it can't just be, oh, well, she has to build another ship because that's what they did in the previous game. So now it's got to be like, well, we've got this alien who can just kind of teleport you out. Okay. Um, those two things are completely unrelated, but it, I feel like it wouldn't have taken that much to bring them together. And make them related, um, yeah. Exactly. Like, it, it could have been instead of, you know, Altera found the, the Kara virus, they found this precursor technology and they, like, imprisoned um, the, the alien that you meet is named Alan, which is a great name for an alien. Um, but they, they like, they <laughs> I mean, if we talk Alan. about tone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, like, it, they could have done so much more in just weaving them together, and it, it feels like a no-brainer to have done that. It makes me wonder why they didn't. Yeah. Yeah, they're connected in, like, a way yeah. of, like, you get information about both at similar yeah. locations. Yeah. But from I mean, a story you... point, you... Yeah, you kind of do. I mean, I I feel like I found most of the stuff for my sister's stuff on the actual bases, and I found most of the stuff for the alien not on the bases. There, there's definitely some overlap. Um, like the there's the mining facility. There's a there's an artifact there. I feel like there are not always. There are a lot of places where the artifacts are completely separate, but there are also several places where I remember like I'm in a structure or I'm near a structure. 
um, and oh, here's a thing nearby that I can that that is related to to Alan's story. Um, but See, I didn't feel like this was one of my primary complaints of the game was like I didn't feel like for the most part going to a place with the exception of Marguerite's stuff which we can get into and and the fucking map you find which is a godsend um I didn't really feel a lot like going to one place directed me to the next place and that was like pretty disappointing because the first game did that really well yeah, no, that that is true. Um, it, 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 a lot of it is like you you're waiting for someone to tell you where to go, which is how the first game started. You're waiting for those things to come in on the radio, but mm -hmm. then that's how the whole game is until you like find the map, basically. Um, but there's always like you kind of unless you stumble upon it which is how I managed to get through a lot of the first game, or a lot of the second game, the first time I played it, rather, um, is I I just, I, you know, I would be swimming around in my little truck, and I would see something and be like, hmm, that looks like a place I can go. Let's go there. Um, armed with the knowledge from the first game of, you know, when in doubt, go deeper. Yeah. Um, so if I, if I saw a hole or a tunnel or something that led down, I will pretty much invariably check it out if I can. And I happened to stumble upon a lot of things that way. Yeah, um, I, I think that for me was like a big point as well was like, it really feels like it's relying on your habits and instincts from the first game. Yeah. Right? Like it, it requires that you know that when you get to a place, you need to explore it thoroughly. It's uh requ it's requires that you understand that you should explore the biomes around you as much as possible and that you know to go deeper when in doubt like it's it's relying on a lot of the things you learn from the first game that like if someone just picked up this game first i don't think they would have those skills yeah um and again a lot of it is just you know you're you're waiting to meet marguerite somewhere and she tells you to go to a place or you're waiting for alan to fucking ping you in your brain and say oh hey here's some coordinates go check it out mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah it's it's there's it's a lot more handholdy, and a lot less like nudge nudge. It's Here's a lot more handholdy, and yet I was lost so much more often. Like there was, there was so much more times where I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to fucking do next. Like, where am I? Where is this place that it wants me to go? What am I trying to get to? Like, I ended up, um, I ended up wikiing a lot of stuff for this. Like, for instance, I found the. Um, the ultra high capacity tank before I ever found the high capacity tank um, because yeah. I just had not thoroughly ex enough explored the biome around me and that piece of technology was just on a random like little tech platform that was you know nestled in one area there that I was never directed to in any way yeah I feel I think not sure I had the, any upgrades for the Tank at all? Oh, you dang. just you just found none of them. <laughs> I mean, once you get a ship, you kind of don't need one. That's true. You all you need is the ship and that little uh, its little laser defense ability that lets you, uh, or electric defense that lets you like ward off uh, things trying to eat the ship, and then you're good. Yeah. Oh, um, I do not have that one either. I actually. Okay, I let me tell you how I played this game. Okay. I got the truck, and then I pretty 
quickly after that got the prawn suit. Mm-hmm. And then I used the prawn suit for the rest of the game for everything. Interesting. Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's strategy for sure. I mean, the prawn suit... Man, the prawn suit... And this was a complaint I had about the first game. The prawn suit is something that is so cool for me in theory. It's a big ol' exosuit. It's a get-in-the-robot Shinji. But, man, it's not, it's not fun to pilot at all. I fucking hate having to go around in the prawn suit. It's so annoying. Um, I, I don't mind piloting it. I hate the low visibility when you're in it. Because, like, you yeah. end up with a, like, you can only see, like, the middle third of the screen. Yeah, and can we talk about how the sea truck is just a worse sea moth? I don't, yes. I'm not a fan of the sea truck. Okay, thank you. They removed yeah. the most fun ship from the first game. Mm-hmm. And, and I, they I, have I, pieces I, of it lying around to taunt you. Yeah, I, I, I get that, like, the, the sea truck's function is to replace both the sea moth and the cyclops but it's just a worse version of both of them i feel like yeah i feel like the sea moth was such a big part of the identity of the first game and that's why i am sad it was removed it's such a good vehicle too like it's just it's so much better and more responsive to pilot than the sea truck and i and the whole thing about the sea truck is like it gets bigger and bulkier and harder to maneuver the more module so the sea truck is it's basically a worse sea moth but you can attach modules to it so you can have like a storage module you can have a fabricator module you can have like an aquarium that collects fish from the surrounding area you can have um there's a sleeper module and there is a prawn like a, a dock for your prawn suit, yep. so you can and carry your a, prawn suit around. There's a teleport module yeah, where you can and the teleport, teleport back to it. Yep. Um, so basically the idea is, you know, instead of having, you've got your sea moth and you've got your cyclops. You've just got one thing that you can sort of configure to fit your needs. And I pretty much never had anything but the prawn suit and maybe the the storage module on there yeah because same. if you have more than one module attached it just gets clunky and like more difficult to pilot and it's already more difficult to pilot than the sea moth um all in all like i get the point but all in all it just does not feel as good and the cyclops was really something to work towards because you yeah. had to construct that was the Cyclops. Like the super giant submarine that you could yeah. ride around in the first game that was like a and little base, mobile base. Yeah, it was a mobile base. Like you could build storage modules inside it. You could build a fabricate. Like you could build inside it like it was a base. And you could dock your sea moth. You could dock a prawn suit in there. And, and it was like a big thing to work towards. Um, you know, you had to construct the, the Cyclops in pieces. And then take all of those and, and it pieces. It felt like and... driving a dang bus. But <laughs> yeah, oh man, it felt like it felt like a Mack truck. Um, and the the sea truck just does not fill that same void. Yeah, like you you kind of just piecemeal the bits of it, and it's not that difficult to, you know, you've got you've got to scan each like. You have to scan the bits of wreckage of each type of module before you can build it. You have to scan them like three times or something. And uh, there were several modules that I 
A didn't care about and B just had like two of the three scanned and I did not feel compelled to like, oh yeah, I should go scan another one. Because yep. I'm not going to build like the bed module in a yeah, game my... where you have no physiological need to sleep, where you have no penalty for not sleeping. I'm not yep. going to build a fucking bed in my in my truck boat. And you um, already you already respawn at your truck boat when you die anyway. So yeah. it's yeah. Mm. I understand why they removed the cyclops because the yeah. map is a lot smaller. Yeah, and a lot more on land. But I didn't like the truck. Yeah, the... I mean, I it was like meh. It was okay. I didn't I didn't really miss the sea moth, but um. Uh, yeah, I was not particularly fond of the truck either. Um, I did like the... They give you... Or you can find a an upgrade, and I forget where I got it. Um, fairly early on, I think, where... When you hit a button, it electrifies the, uh, the cabin of the truck. And anything that has tried to grab you will let go immediately. Um, and that kind of trivializes all of the underwater enemies in the game. <laughs> like, yeah, literally it's... even the biggest leviathans will just leave you alone immediately. Yeah, it's funny, I, I, somehow I missed that on this playthrough, so I, I was running without it. Um, and it is, it is a little scarier. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if you, if you keep your sea truck relatively well repaired that itself kind of trivializes any encounters that you're going to have but and i mean it also is there a way to get them to stop uh, attacking you once they've started if you if you don't have that thing i mean a lot of times a lot of times like after the first attack there is kind of like a pause and i felt like during that you know after they get their first attack off it's like okay i'm gonna run away now and usually i was like i, I don't feel like i was ever not able to run away okay um I found, I will say I found the enemies a lot more annoying in this one, because in the, in the first one, you, it felt like if you were paying attention and saw the enemy ahead of time, you could kind of sneak by it. I felt like I was never able to, like, the, the enemies in the final cavern areas in this one were just, like, always there. There was no way to get to where you needed to go without them f seeing you at some point. but. Maybe I was just less cautious than I normally would have been because I had the little little lightning thing. Yeah, and it, it also feels like um, the the aggressive enemies are more aggressive than they were in the first game. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like in the first game, you know, if, if they had something else closer to them, like if there was a fish they could hunt closer to them, or like the stalkers would just go play catch with bits of trash on the ground or you know whatever um then they would just do that unless you got too close but in this one it feels like they they see you and they zero in and they really want to take a bite out of you um yeah. i don't know if that's if that's necessarily accurate um or if that's like just kind of my perception being it also slightly be different. an effect of like closer quarters right like Maybe, if the yeah. maps are slightly smaller and tighter they tend to be thrown into you more often yeah. Less janky AI. The AI was still pretty janky. I did manage to uh, exploit what I knew about the AI in the lower caverns where I just hid behind. I just put a crystal between me and the Leviathan and he just pressed up against the crystal long enough that I was even able to just get out and scan him <laughs> and then get back in.
Yeah, it's great. Yeah. I wouldn't say, like, the enemies, or, like, the fauna, I guess, mm -hmm. is a lot cooler, I think, in Below yeah. Zero. I like a lot of the design of things, sort of visually, and, and uh, like, the, the kind of marine biology science aspect of these games has always been sort of a, one of the main points of interest to me. And they're, it's definitely here and feels good. Um, I, it's just, it doesn't feel great to be, like, when one of those big, like, snow, snow bear wolf things, like, just is chasing you and chasing you and chasing you, and you're like, all right, I get it, come on. Oh, yeah, the, um, what, the stalkers? Yeah, the, the ice stalkers or whatever they yeah. are. I had one that was chasing me in my sea truck, like, and it just wouldn't leave me alone. Um, in the water, like it was swimming at me, and I, I like turned around and I just bonked it, just to be like, get off of me, buddy. And it's, and it still kept following me, so I bonked it again, and it died, and I felt really bad. Um, but you know, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Sometimes I... you just gotta bonk the boys. Yeah, and so the the stories. <sighs> The stories are, as we were saying, like are more complex, but they're unrelated. It feels easily like you could do one and not the other if you wanted to. Like, if you don't care about getting the alien his body back, like, you wouldn't fucking bother. And, like, if you're more interested in the alien stuff, like, you don't technically need to find out what happened to your sister. Like, nothing's gonna change if you do or don't. It's just, like, a personal closure thing. Um... And I also didn't like how that story played out because the the idea is that um, she was like she was working for Altera and she discovered that they had uncovered the virus that like had, you know, killed the original inhabitants of this planet um, as, as well as the aliens that were there researching it. And they were planning to maybe try and use it to make a bioweapon. And so she was like, well, that won't be. And so she was planning to just make an antidote with apparently her, like, I don't know, high school level chemistry. Uh, yeah. Well, that, that was funny to me, but then it also just does turn out that the antidote is made out of, like, two fucking things that you can find anywhere on the planet. So yeah. I guess she just got lucky. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so the uh, the idea is that yeah, not much of a bioweapon, really, if, like, that's all it takes. Um, but, yeah, so the... Um, so her idea was, like, okay, well, if I... They're getting this virus. They found it, like, encased in this... In ice with this one, uh, like, ancient Leviathan body. Um, if I just cure the Leviathan body of this virus, then they can't use it. But then she met Margaret Maida who is uh, a character from the first game. She was one of the members of the previous expedition that crashed on the planet, who you find a lot of, like, her journals and stuff in the first game. I didn't clock that she was from the first game. I had sort of forgotten yeah. that she was... That's Okay, that's cool. Yeah, that's she's cool. the bodyguard character. That's cause, so that's, like, the, the group that crashes is three people. There's, like, this insane capitalist who wanted to come here to harvest resources that guy's son, and then this bodyguard woman that they hired. Um, and, like, both the capitalist and Margaret are, or Marguerite are, I think, kind of, like, horrible people. 
Like, he's, he's like, really super terrible. She's less terrible, but she's still, like, reckless and kind of bloodthirsty in a way that, I, like, I don't know, maybe you're supposed to like her, but I did not. Um, I mean, she basically does admit to, like, uh, we're going to plant bombs um, at this Altera facility and blow it up. Yeah, which... so that's... That's the thing uh, is, like, you when you talk to her, um, she's like, oh, yeah, like, I met your sister. She was gonna, um, the law, the, the voice log you find is the sister's like, um, you know, oh, I was going to, you know, like, cure this disease. And Marguerite's like, no, that's not enough. You need to blow up the facility. Like, I will help you blow up the facility. <laughs> and yeah. so, basically, Marguerite got your sister killed, I think. Because yeah. my... It seems like she was killed by someone who, like, came in to try and stop her from blowing up the facility, but kind of didn't stop her from blowing up the facility. Yeah. Um, yeah, they really, they really poise Marguerite as, like, like, she's a total badass. Look at how cool this character is. And yeah, she is, like, has some interesting exploits. She um she killed a leviathan with only her wits and knife, I guess, and then floated on its corpse to survive and like for several days until they made landfall. And she's got a cool aesthetic of like just taking fucking leviathan bones and using them to decorate everything. Yeah, um, she trained one of the like ice stalker beasts to like be her puppy. Yeah, like she's She's cool, but this she falls into like the type of character that I have a lot of problems with, and I I have been playing Red Dead Two again, which ties in. But it's the the female character who is just like unrepentantly violence, and somehow people think that that is what makes a good female character is just taking a woman and transposing all of these like male action star heroes onto her. Um, which is, like, not how you make a good character at all. Um, yeah. But for some reason, for some reason, people just kind of fall for it because it's like, oh, she's a lady and she's badass. And that's, like, what the Sadie character is in um, in Red Dead 2. And I have the same annoying annoyances with that. But Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, I'm fine with she's a cranky old hermit who lives on the ice. I'm less fine with also she got your sister killed. Yeah. It's it would have been fine if she was just like a cranky old kind of because one of the one of the missions that you do for her is you disable like a, an Altera tracking beacon. And if she was just like kind of a cranky old lady who, you know, didn't want to live off the grid, a, yeah, who was not a fan of Altera and wants to live off the grid and is like happy here on this planet. That's perfectly fine. But no, she's got to be like this fucking knife toting explosive explosives fishing like action hero badass and that's just like okay like i get it i get it you're trying to make a cool female character and that's the only thing you got okay fine he jump scares you yeah, he does, he does jump, jump and i i having experience from the first game you think there's not gonna be any characters any humans yeah yeah and she shows up pretty early. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I got scared. You, yeah, I got scared. I'm scared too. Um, yeah, she shows up pretty early, and if you follow her threads, then she just di also disappears pretty much after you meet her like three times. Yeah. Um, 
Meh. Also, is there after you meet her the first time, is there any indication of how to find her second place? Like the, um, they don't the greenhouse? Yeah, no, you, the greenhouse is you get a message saying there's like a lost someone was lost around the area where you're you can find her. Yeah, so you meet her the first time in her in her prawn suit and she's like, Stay off of my land. Um and then and then she like fucks off into the ocean in her prawn suit and your your PDA tracks, she's like, Oh well, I tracked the signal from her prawn suit and this is where I lost the signal. So it leads you to that, and then that's how you find her, like, underwater base. Because I just stumbled across her underwater base. Like, I, um, I completely, like, missed that, like, I, there was a thing early on that was like, hey, these big rocks seem like one of them might be hollow. And I found one that was hollow and there was nothing in it, and I'm like, oh, well, that's anticlimactic. I'm not sure what that message was about. And then much, much later, it occurred to me, like, oh, wait, I have that little, like, um, thing on my, whatever, what's the little, the, the little engine called that helps you swim faster? Uh, the sea glide? Sea glide. The sea glide, yeah. Um, so I'm like, oh, yeah, the sea glide has that little radar attachment where I can sort of see the contours. If there is another hollow in something, I bet I could see it with the sea glide. So I did that, and I found it. I'm like, holy shit, there's a building in here. Um, and yeah, so I just kind of stumbled on, on Marguerite the second time. I feel like all of the stuff that I found was me stumbling on something that I could have just as easily missed. Like the, the crevice to get down into like the final caves. Uh, all, like I granted there is a, there is an alien artifact that kind of directs you down there a little bit, but like that felt like really easy to miss. I was astonished that I discovered a way in there. Yeah, the the like end game area is definitely not as easily or as clearly cued out to you for sure. Yeah. Um which is like you can't you can't end the game without uh <laughs> without doing all of the at the Allen stuff. Um so that seems like uh, again, they probably could have tied the stories together and made it work a little better, but eh. Yeah, and the and the final thing with Alan, like his last, the the last piece of his body, or I guess it doesn't have to be the last one, but one of the pieces of his body and the like last facility, you don't even get a marker for that. He just tells you like I think it's somewhere pretty deep under with crystals, and so if you didn't happen to find the crystal cave, like there's no good indicator of how to get there. Yeah, that's that's how um, I think that's how all of his like body part pieces are you like he will give you map blips for for precursor that's the race the precursor artifacts and then as you find these precursor artifacts and scan them he's like hmm, yes i see a piece of my body and it's and then he gives a vague description and you just kind of have to find it um which is i yeah, guess it... their, their way of like trying to not handhold you too hard but if he can like sense artifacts and not and you know just give you a blip but not be able to give you like at least an approximate position like that seems like that doesn't track um, it was also kind of the opposite in the first game right where the things that were important that you had to find had trackers on them and mm -hmm. the things that were pretty much like the the ship that leads what? you to the final the the downed 
pod that leads you to the final tunnel, uh, that's like right in front of the final tunnel, that's one of the tracked blips. The original, you know, island that leads you to a bunch of other things are tracked blips. The coordinates yeah, sure, for all of the... Like um, all the alien stuff that comes after that, don't think any of it is tracked. Yeah, yeah, no, those ones aren't. Um, but but they have a pretty clear description in the the um in the first facility you find a thing that says facility one is at this depth and in this environment. Facility two is at this depth and in this environment. So like that one's like at least, you know, pretty like pretty well hinted. But all of the all of the Altera stuff is uh is pretty clearly blipped and the uh as i say like even though the facilities the alien facilities themselves aren't blipped the one of the altera pods that puts you right in front of the cave mouth is there and then the cave is kind of fairly linear so it's very hard to go through the cave and not stumble into it the first one's a lot harder to stumble into than the later ones as i say it gets progressively more linear and it would have been nicer actually if the first facility had been a little bit easier to stumble into because i did definitely get lost in those caves at least once in the first game um but compared to this where it's like i don't know i felt like there was no direction at all i don't know the depth i have like a vague idea of the biome but like even a lot of the blipped ones i would see where the blip is and then i would have the hardest time figuring out how to get to it because you couldn't just go straight in that direction. You had to go around through a series of tunnels that were the entrance to which was like actually a distance away. And I don't know, stuff just felt way more complicated to find. And it felt like this, the more important it was, the harder it was to find rather than the, in the other one, it felt like the stuff that was most important was relatively easy to find. And then the, the less important it was, the more hidden it was. Which I think makes more sense to me as a series of priorities. I mean, that's just my impression. Maybe, it's, maybe I'm like my uh, particular experience of it was atypical, but I think I kind of agree, but not as not as much. Yeah, like I said, I also ended up wikiing a bunch of things, like especially how to get certain um, resources that I needed. Where it's like, oh, you've actually been to the area with this plant. You just didn't notice it because it's like grows down in the, uh, like oh, that amidst the other grass, grass, grasses, and it's you know like hard to see. And once again, I had this problem in the first game too. I cannot see nickel ore to save my goddamn life. Yeah, I was like, where is nickel? It's in the places you've already been, really. And then I went and looked at and, and like did an actual search. I'm like, oh. Oh, it's just that it's like this little gray lump that never caught my eye. Yeah. I had I had the complete opposite problem. Interesting. I never found a blueprint I didn't already have the materials for. Hmm. Okay. So it felt kind of point I never went out hunting for materials. I don't know if Yeah, I don't know. Um, I also ended up having to look up where the um, there's a there's a part where you have to. Um, 
I don't I forget what exactly it is. You have a machine and it needs like a, a central core processor unit or something. And you have to go into several downed shipwrecks in order oh. to find yeah, and scan the, a bunch um, of them. Yeah, that's for the radar scrambler that you make for, for Marguerite. Yeah. To, to shut down the Altera satellite thing. And that, like, I ended up having to look up. Like, I, I thought to myself, like, I guess, like, the only place that other place that I haven't been that, like, could have technology would be these big ships. I don't know why they would have, like, this doesn't seem like the sort of MacGuffin that would be in a ship, but I guess it's all probably Altera technology, so maybe I should look there. And then I wikied it, and it's like, yeah, it's on these ships. I'm like, all right. Um, yeah, and I think they, I spent a lot of time just to... being like, where the fuck is this thing? Yeah, I think they want you to, like, they, they think that you will go to those ships because the ship is... The ships are... The ship, like, chunks of it. It breaks into, like, three pieces or something and sinks. It, it, it had broken into three pieces and sunk to the ground and you can explore the wreckage. But the, um, the wrecks are, like, near to where the, um, the blip is for Marguerite's last known location that leads you to her underwater base. Um, but if you, if you didn't find that by following the, the blip, then you probably wouldn't have seen the ships in like the same sequence you know mm -hmm. um so it, it it yeah it relies a lot on you following the path that they have laid out but the path is not super well delineated um yeah, yeah. and that that just was kind of representative of my experience i feel like And, uh, oh, I ended up, like, the fucking thing with the bridge. There's an area where you have to go over a bridge in order to get to the one one of the body parts. Uh, and it's, um, there's, like, a place with giant ice worms that um, attack you and, like, all kinds of cave systems and stuff. It's sort of like a, it's an interesting space, but the only way to get there is across this one bridge. And when I got there the first time, I, like, went up to the bridge, saw that it was broken, did not explore carefully enough to notice that there was, like, a thing I could do to fix the bridge. Because it just looks pretty broken. And then I left, and then it was, like, the last thing I had to do in the game. And I'm like, how the fuck do I, like, there's got to be another area I haven't been to. Like, where is it? Uh, and I looked up the thing, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, go up to this thing, like scan the thing on the bridge and it will tell you how to fix the bridge and I'm like I can fix that fucking bridge I had a similar experience with that exact same bridge um I remember I like I went to the bridge I explored around the bridge I figured out okay I need to make this thing to fix the bridge and I made the thing and I like for some reason I don't know what the deal was but it was not giving me the prompt to reinstall the item that I had crafted to fix the bridge and I was like huh maybe I don't fix maybe I don't put this in here maybe this goes somewhere else and basically the same thing but in a, in a different way than that what happened with you was I I just somehow fucked up fixing the bridge um even though I knew I had to fix the bridge it just like eh. um that is another thing we can talk about, however, is this game has, like, the first game had some, some you know, land segments, some pretty sizable chunks of land. This game has a fucking 
massive, like, above water, on the land, entire ass segment, and man whole new, it, whole new mechanic for it even like you, you get there's a, a cold there's a cold meter that you have to like stay warm like yeah and i can i can and dig the, on the, the worst mechanic. the worst fucking vehicle in the game <gasps> yeah that's that's what i wanted to talk about is god i hate this vehicle i hate the entire area that they make you use the vehicle i hate those fucking ice worms the ice worms are the worst it's so unclear. Like they they pop up out of the ground and they knock you off of your. It's the what the snow fox I think is what the vehicle yeah. is called. It's like a a big it's a bike. It's a convoluted bike. yeah, like jet ski type of thing. Not jet ski. It, um, it controls like a like a weird boat. It's like it's not it's not good. And as I didn't use it, I, I get motion sickness, and oh, yeah. it was the worst for that. Yeah, so I got on it like once. I'm like oh. I guess if this last area is going to be mostly on land, I guess I should finally get around to building the snow fox. So I got on it. I rode like 20 feet and I'm like, nope, I guess I'm walking. Yeah, it's I used it only so that I could get through those above ground segments faster. Um, and that's the only reason I fucking hated that bike. Um, and I, I have two words for you. Prawn yes. suit. Good call. Yes. I guess that's true. I forget that you can use the prawn suit on land. Um, maybe I'll try it. Maybe I'll try the prawn suit on land. But, you know, it's like the, the above ground environments are pretty cool. It's like it's very maze-like and, and easy to get lost, but still pretty cool. It's just a shame that it's so mired in like the cold mechanic, which is annoying because that means you can't really take it in you can't like you Roll have to really suit. yeah i know that's that's <laughs> all very true you're right you're right and i feel dumb for not having thought of it um i didn't but... have the snow fox when i went there first okay yeah that makes sense I, I i think i think they don't i think the intended use case for the prawn suit is not above ground and you have like hacked the game here carl <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah, it seems like it would attract the worms pretty harsh, right? With the big banging of its steps. But I assume you jump out of the way. I mean, I'm in a prawn suit. I don't care. So, yeah, if if the worms come up, you know, they probably... I wonder if they didn't... Because, okay, when the worms come up and you're on the snow fox, it, like, tips the snow fox over and it flings you out of, like, out of the vehicle and <laughs> into the snow and you have to... If you're, uh, if you're on foot, it just flings you into the air pretty far. <laughs> Yeah, and so you gotta, like, trudge back to your vehicle, you gotta repair it, because it took some damage from that. I wonder, like, d what happens if, if the, the, the ice worms come at you in the prawn suit? Does anything happen at all? Does the prawn suit I mean, just kind of get knocked around? You can get knocked around, but most of the time you just take some damage. I wonder if they, like, just didn't consider putting in more robust interaction between the prawn suit and the, uh the ice worms because they didn't think people were going to be lugging the prawn suit up there um but then again it's not it's not that robust of a of an interaction i guess it just kind yeah. of collides and flings you around um yeah carl you had the right idea bring your prawn suit up there <laughs> i like yeah. the land areas but not the
there is a map. There are like a couple maps that you can scan in um, some of the connections of where things are relative to each other um so yeah really that, have that any I... issues with that this game but i normally do yeah and as you say this one's also a little smaller um it's actually so... quite a lot smaller i think yeah so there's that but yeah that the ice segments in particular were a lot of like where the fuck am i um, and at least with the the one that's got the the Psy facility, they're all named after like Greek letters. Um, but the the Psy facility where they're keeping the big alien um, and like the associated uh, nearby other place, um, like the, at least that there was like a little little land map that had showed like okay, this is like a little connecting ring that you know is like you can go around and like here's an area where there's pink trees so when you see the pink trees you know you're in this section and mm-hmm. like that was helpful for me i will say for all for all that i feel like we're maybe kind of ragging on this game that that big leviathan in the ice block was a very cool set piece i got to give him that yeah i i mean i knew it was coming because i knew there was like a yeah. big leviathan and i noticed like huh this facility is um, like there. This is like an ice tunnel, and then I saw that it was o- opening up towards a big cavern, and I'm like, "There's gonna be a big fucking set piece coming up," and, yeah. and there was, but it was still cool. Yeah, it's fine. You gotta have a big set piece. You gotta have like was... a big set piece Leviathan reveal in these games. It's cool. It's yeah, I, I, I was. I kept waiting for like, oh, is it gonna like? you know, the eye's gonna turn and look at me or something like that that is gonna wake up. But it doesn't, which, you know, good for them for not, like, playing to that (laughs) expectation when it wouldn't make any fucking sense. But Yeah, I I, I mean, I think it genuinely builds up enough unease um, just with the sheer size and, like, it's a big scary boy, it's got big teeth, it's tooth, like, a single tooth is, like, the size of your entire body, um, you yep. can't see the whole body because it's encased in ice. You like it, they only sort of have partially thought out like its head, and there's another tunnel that leads to like a flipper. Um, so it's it's huge, and I I think they build uh, enough of a sense of unease just putting you so close to this thing's fucking mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that that you know they they didn't do it. They didn't need to do it. And yes, I'm glad that they didn't do it because that would have felt it would have felt hokey if they had. Yeah. Um. But the, they, and they like make you, unlike everything else, which you can like scan in the game, you have to scan this one in separate pieces. Like you can't scan the whole thing at once. You can like scan its skull and scan its teeth and scan its hand. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, they are. That was that was a cool, uh, a cool moment. I wish it had been like a little bit more distinctive looking. It kind of like the the creature design was just like generic, big square, monstery looking thing. Like it didn't have any like really cool distinctive features. I felt like. Yeah, other than it was just big, I gotta, I got, I gotta look it up. Like, what did it actually look up? Uh, look like, um, just to refresh my memory. Subnautica below zero ice leviathan. Yeah, sort of generically lizardy with some big, like stone-like tusks. Um. Here I'll I'll post it in the uh, in our Discord, but it's a uh, like a, all of pretty much every other um, every other creature in the game was like more interestingly designed. Yeah, <laughs> a shrimp. I laughed. First time I was eaten by the shrimp. Shrimp? The shrimp. There's a, like a shrimp leviathan that can eat your ship. That, look, that looks like. I remember that vaguely, but I don't remember what it looks like. Uh... Is there? Did I never? Oh, the like the the red ones with the spikes. Is that the one you mean? No, that's. I mean, that's not very shrimp-like. Did I, is there one that I didn't run into? I don't under. I don't know. There's none of Maybe. them I would describe as a. There's none of them I would describe as a shrimp. There's one that's kind of like a fish with a beak. Um, that's like got um some armor plates, and this is like the littlest one. Um, uh, yeah, it might be that one. Yeah, and it's it's got some spines on the back and some fins. Um. And like that one's that one's uh that one is probably the one that I actually like avoided the most because that tends to be yeah okay that's the one I was Okay thinking. yeah that one yeah. um that's the one I avoided the most because it tends to be in open water so it's very hard to like get away from it without just like picking a direction and leaving <laughs> um the other ones you can kind of hug a wall and sometimes it fucks with their AI <laughs> so you can stick around um yeah then there's one that's like a big like squid shark thing. It's like shark in color, but it's got like a big squid tentacles and a squid mouth. Uh, and then there's the shadow leviathans, which are kind of like a trilobite, but with a big glow-in-the-dark mouth on the bottom. Shadow leviathans. I hate I was, them. I, they, I thought they were interesting. Like, they're an interesting design. They were too like they were too hard to avoid in the section like in the end game section you so it, like it, i ended up being like really annoyed by them because i felt like there wasn't a good way to just sneak past yeah and i ended up having to do the same strategy i did for finding my way through the tunnels in the first game which was like find a crevice where you're not going to be like instantly annihilated by leviathans and build a tiny base that's pretty much just like a central room and a, with a power source and then a scanning room and use the scanner to see what the contours of the surrounding area look like. And that's how I found the uh, the tunnels I needed to get to those spots. 
Um, but yeah, anyway, what were we, we were talking about? Something about the ice area. Oh, the, yeah, the design of the like big, big boy. It is a cool yeah. set piece. Um, and, you know, since he's mostly encased in ice, you know, even if you did have some pretty cool uh, design, like you wouldn't be able to show that much of it. But I don't know. Could have been slightly more distinctive. It's it was no, it did not compare to me to the reveal of the sea emperor, in the, in the first, yeah game, absolutely. The sea emperor was great. Good, the emperor good looks mom. goofy. It does, but it it's distinctive. Goofy. It's it's goofy in a way that I appreciated. Um, can we talk about the vent garden and how that shit's really cool? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Vent gardens are cool. I wasn't able to get into it the first time. I like found it, and I'm like, "Can I? Can I go up and inside this thing?" And I tried, and I, I just, I guess I didn't hit it at quite the right angle. And I'm like, "Oh, I guess you can't." That's disappointing. And then I left, and then I was looking up the little spiral plants later, and it was like, "You can find them by going inside the vent garden." And I'm like, "What?" But yeah. I thought I couldn't do that. Yeah, um, you can. But yeah, it's it's, it's like this giant, like, jellyfish-type bubble thing on top of crab legs that sits over, like, undersea heat vents. And there's, if you go up through its little vent chamber, you can come up in its in its big sea bubble, and there's, like, a whole set of growing plants and stuff there. I wish there was more reason to go into it, honestly. Like, I wish there was, like, a good reason to be in there, because it's such a cool feeling to go. You cannot build a base inside. Ooh. If you wanted to. Damn. Know. That's too bad. Um, I mean, like, I understand. But <laughs> it, it would be awesome if you could. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. It's also pretty protected, because, like, leviathans can't get you in there. And there are some leviathans swimming, like, right around that area, too. Um... Speaking of base building, there's a yeah. lot of stuff. There's a lot of cool stuff, and I really loved it. And I was so pissed off that I went to... Every time you go to like one of the base places, there is stuff that you could build in the first game that you can't scan. It just arbitrarily won't let you scan it. And then sometimes later you will find a different base that has a version of it that you can scan. That just looks the same. And I'm like, why did you not let me scan it before? That, uh... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe I was having a bug where it just refused to register certain scan points or something. But that pissed me the heck off. Yeah, I... I think my biggest, one of my biggest gripes with this game is it feels like there are not as many good places to build a base. And maybe that's because, like, my own requirements for where I want to build my base are, like, pretty specific. Um, and it's it also smaller. Like, it's, it's smaller, and it, I don't know, I just feel like there aren't as many, like, interesting places. Because one of the things is, like, I want my base to be somewhere that looks cool. Um, and... I think probably like the cooler areas that you can build would be like the the lily like the deep lily pad caves where there's all this like glowy shit or in the deep twisty bridges but neither of those places is really good to build in because of just the way the terrain is. Yeah, I built really a little I built a little mini base in the uh 
in the um, the lily pads area because I wanted to build a scanner room so I could scan for nickel because I can't see nickel for the life of me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it's not really big enough to build a more than a you know like two or three room small base. Yeah, it's it's annoying. I would love to have a big. Can you build on top of the lily pads? Because you oh, can go up on top of the lily pads. I did not consider that. I wonder if you can. You pro I feel like you, if you can if you can go on them, I feel like you probably can. But I would have to. Yeah, we'd we'd have to like test that out. I feel um, like there's a certain weight that w should cause them to collapse, but I don't know if they, uh, I doubt the game actually implements anything yeah, like that. that would be a really specific, I mean, I feel like there should be, but theoretically the, the lily pads are like strong enough to rip up entire chunks of rock and earth. So maybe, yeah. maybe they're just super strong and, you know, in practice, no amount of weight that you can generate would, um, would cause them to sink but i feel like the coolest place you can build a base is where there is already a base built and that's where marguerite's base is built and i got so mad because i want to build there you've already got your stupid base there move you don't even show up for the rest of the game get out of here yep yeah and they won't even let you explore her full base because they let you go into one room and then the little like her pet ice thing like blocks the way into the rest of it I think I believe you can go back later. Um, does it after, does it leave after, after you, you find her other yeah, spot? After, yeah, after you meet her at the greenhouse, I think you can go back to the base. Um, I didn't do that this time, but I I remember you going back and like okay. going and scanning more of her stuff. Um, but she's not there. At least I don't think she's there. Um, and I think there's yeah, probably she's, more logs and you stuff. You pretty much get all of the base building stuff from a combination of like the Altera facilities you find on land and Marguerite's uh, locations. And there is some cool stuff. I loved the addition of the, like, big room that yeah. you could divide up into however you wanted to proportion it. So I, like, put a little bedroom for myself in the corner, and then I had, like, a central storage area, and then I had a little lounge on the side that had, like, a little kitchenette and a table and, like, a bench with some trees that you could sit down on and a jukebox. Yeah, the, the, the big room was, like, a really, a really good game changer for base building. I liked it a lot. Um, what was the other thing? Oh. I really wish, because when you go into Marguerite's base, there is a lot of stuff that you can tell she's built out of, like, Leviathan bones. And mm -hmm. I think it would have been cool to be able to scan those and, like, mm -hmm. give you a reason to not just avoid Leviathans. Um, yeah. You know, Leviathans are always just kind of there as, like, oh, here's a big spooky obstacle, a big scary thing. Um, avoid it. But I don't know. I, I think it would be nice to have if some... If you could hunt them. <laughs> yeah, like to just to to have some incentive at all to not just immediately run away. Um, yeah, I mean, are you you're not capable of hurting them in any way, though, are you? I think you yeah, can. you are. Are you? I think you can. I think you can straight up kill them. Um, you can in the first game. Yeah, I think yeah, you can in the first game. Maybe maybe that's changed now, but I don't know. I, I just wish there was uh, any reason to do anything but scan it and then just run away as fast as you can. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm thinking about like, uh, like it, it, tame the Leviathan and ride it around. That's obviously not gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> or like, if I could see something with uh, in the first game, there was the Leviathan that like lobbed fireballs at you. It would be cool if there was like one puzzle where you like needed to get it to like break down a stone wall by like lobbing some fireballs at a specific specific spot. 
So you had to like tease it to to fire at you or something. Yeah, or there's the um I don't remember which one of the it's not a Leviathan, but it's one of the like predators. It's the the one with the the squiddy mouth the squiddy mouth. I think that's the one that like electro like uh drains the electricity of your sea truck temporarily. Mm. Um I feel like there's a lot of potential for like, oh, we gotta get the, the squid sharky thing to um to like discharge electricity to power or something. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah. A lot of ideas that probably don't what have was enough the... cases to implement, but yeah, there was the spider about. crab in the first game that like let out an electromagnetic pulse that like disabled everything. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Huh. Should we talk about Alan? Yeah, we can talk about Alan. I don't know how much there is to say about Alan. He's a an alien that like takes up residence in your head. Um, which, like, do they, okay, this is important to me, do they tell you about the first alien distress signal, or do you own, do you have to, does the radio log happen when you find your first piece of, like, alien, um, tech on the ground? So what happens is, if you haven't found any alien tech that's scannable, um, in the twisty bridges, you see some alien tech. It's not scannable. It's like the the like those green flashing sort of pylon things, yeah. and there's those big power cables. If you get near that, there's like a distress signal that yes. your okay, that's radio what I thought. So yeah. literally, this is a goal that is necessary to complete the game, and they don't even introduce it to you unless you happen to wander into the right area, and like yeah. that bothers me. <laughs> Granted, I. I think the probably... radius is pretty broad, yeah. um, and it is in an area that's very close to where you land, and it is in the coolest looking area. Um, <laughs> yeah, which and maybe does they make you want to explore it. And maybe um, they introduce it with other places as well. Yeah, I was gonna say it's also possible that like, if you didn't find it within a certain amount of time, they would just tell you or something like that. Um, I also. I also feel like they 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 lead you to that area through um, debris. Like that's there's a lot of pieces of like sea glide and I think some sea sea truck fragments. So if you're looking for like and, and this again is predicated upon you know knowing what what these pieces of debris mean from playing the previous game and seeing that and thinking oh that's a sea glide I need that so that I can get around more easily. Um, but, but it does it does kind of lead you there with like those you know the, the little breadcrumb trail of debris that you can scan to make stuff um whether or not that's a, a good enough trail is you know up for debate um i yeah. found it because i saw the twisty bridges and was like oh this looks cool i'm gonna swim around here um but that's you know that's me and my uh yeah it's, it's just that you don't <clears throat> You don't have the signal for that immediately, and you don't have the signal for, I think, Delta. Like, Station Delta is the first one they, they send you to. Um, I don't think you have this... Do you have the signal for that right off the gate, either? I think they give you the... I think that's, like, a time-based one. I think they give you the Delta one after, you know, however long you've been in the okay. game is what it seems like to me. It seems like it just kind of... After a while, it's like, oh, here's a signal. Here's a place you can go check out. Yeah, it just um, feels like you start the game with, like, no nothing. goal and nothing to go towards. 
And it's just like, okay, I guess I'm just here now. I guess I'll like collect some resources because that's what I learned from the first game. But yeah. there's like no it's... reason to do anything. <laughs> yeah, it seems like like Robin came here with a very specific goal in mind and then did no other research um, yeah. <laughs> on like what what the lay of the land is or where where points of interest might be. Um Yeah. No. Um, but yeah, so, so Alan is, he come, he, you, so you find this distress signal, then you follow the distress signal to a cavern, and then there's, like, this cutscene where the alien's like, hey, can I, like, join you? Because this, my storage thing is about to run dry. And you're like, well, I guess you can go in my PDA, and then he just hops in your brain. Um, and they kind of do a little back and forth of like, should I trust this guy? Is he like secretly scamming me kind of thing? But you don't really have much choice other than to try and find the body parts because you can't get him out of your head otherwise. Yeah. Um, I was wondering if there might not be some kind of choice at the end where it's like you can either build him his body or you can like, I don't know, try and do something that like kills him or something like that. But no, you you pretty much just build his body. Um, he asks you to, like, go to ancient, um, precursor facilities and, like, scan some of their biotech stuff, uh, and eventually you construct a thing, and he, uh, takes you to a, like, a hidden ship and, uh, teleporter ring thing that will take you back to his home planet, and he's like, hey... I don't know, you seem cool. Want to come back to my home planet with me? And you're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then you just do. Um, yeah. Which, like, seems a little drastic, but sure. Uh, and, it, like, it comes down to Robin came here with a very specific goal in mind and then did no other planning. Like, there was no, like, I, I maybe it was mentioned at the very beginning, like, whoever dropped her off was like, okay, I'll swing back around in however many days um, to try to pick you back up but like it's like there was no game plan there was no like no plan for extraction <laughs> or like yeah. anything it's like i'm just gonna drop myself on this planet figure out what happened to my sister and then die i guess I like get arrested by altera who knows the fact that you could technically beat the game without finding out what happened to your sister makes the ending really weird yeah, I was going to ask that. Is it possible to... Will the game let you finish without, like, doing the whole Kara storyline? Yeah, I was wondering that as well. Because um... there's no reason narratively why you couldn't. Like, other than yeah. you would, your character wouldn't get a sense of closure, which, you know, she just discovered an ancient alien species that wants to take her to its planet. Like, it seems like that's a plenty good reason <laughs> to just give up on figuring out what happened to your sister. Especially because it kind of does end up being a thing that was her fault. Um, like, it's not some, like, gross conspiracy by the company. Like, yeah, they were doing some shady shit and she wanted to put to a, a stop to it. But it's not like they had her assassinated. Like, she died in an accident where someone was trying to stop her from blowing up a facility. Like, that's... Yeah. You know, it's... Not like you, okay, you, you cured the Kara, which apparently anybody could do with, like, a couple of simple ingredients from this planet. Yeah, with, like, two ingredients that are just outside of the fucking cave or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's so stupid. Um, but, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Just a lot of 
a lot of goofy shit going on in this game. I wonder um, if I just Google, can you beat Subnautica below zero without Ice Leviathan? Um, and there's a, can you beat it without Al Ann? Um, no, there's no obvious answer it, it to an immediate Google. So I'm I'm guessing my, my assumption was that if you try and do it, if you get to the point where you're like building the ship with Alan um, and he's like, are you ready? Your character will say something like, I can't leave yet until I figure out what happened to my sister. And then the game just continues until you do that. But I don't know if that's true or not. I found a text saying it's not necessary. And really, it won't be mentioned. Huh. huh. That, I mean, that cheapens that whole storyline for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like, <sighs> I want I... is, I want some statistics on, like, how many people that happens to. I think it's, I feel like it's much easier to do the thing with your sister's stuff than it is to, to do, uh, the whole Alan storyline. Um, but maybe that's just because I, I like am more comfortable on land than in the deep caverns. Um, so I was like fine with spending a lot more time like futzing around with things on in the land areas, but I don't know. It feels like in trying to tell a story that was more complex and more interesting, they kind of like took away any sense of like urgency and like clarity of goal. <laughs> Which, you know, that like that was the whole driving force of the first game. It's it was simple, but it worked very well. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure I'm against it as much as you are, but Um the and the so the, the thing with Alan is that like he doesn't want to admit that he was like secretly maybe responsible for the destruction of their facilities back in the day because they and I don't really understand because I think both games say that the the facility was wrecked by a um a, a sea dragon not a sea emperor uh because they had taken its eggs and they were like experimenting on it and yet the the thing that actually contained the cure was the sea emperor fetuses they were experimenting on not the sea dragon so were there just two experiments and one got attacked and one didn't like i don't i don't really understand what actually was supposed to have happened yeah i don't remember that those bits of the logs but yeah what are you gonna do um i think what it comes down to is most of this is just window dressing and it doesn't matter um yeah i didn't feel like particularly invested in Alan or his struggle like in any way like they try and have some cute banter between him and Robin where he's like you know ah having a body is so inefficient like you have to eat yeah. that's so dumb um and she's I, like don't knock humanity we've like you know been doing this for a long time and we think it's pretty cool yeah she has a lot of really like um very like deeply philosophical shit to say like very off the cuff to him 
about you know how humanity finds meaning and uh, it's like okay i get i get it um i i it did feel a little weird how um how very quickly she forgave him for just hijacking part of her brain um without consent uh that was a little weird to me how she was just like okay well you're here now i guess i i guess i'm gonna help you yeah um felt that yeah. about robin in like every single way yeah yeah she just was not a super compelling character to me and, it, and it, i mean it, comes... it wasn't a problem in the first place because you didn't really have a character to speak of yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, the the main character of the first game was a completely silent protagonist, except when you, like, got attacked by something on her water, and then you heard the, like, bubbly sort of ouch sound. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But they weren't, like, constantly talking at you, or talking at the environment, or talking at the alien that's taken up residence in their head. Um, yeah. And the I'm... alien that talks to you in the first game doesn't talk to you very much. She, like, messages you twice in the lead-up, and it's, like, always, like, sudden and mysterious and, like, holy crap, what's happening? And then yeah. there's, like, a section with her at the very end of the game, and, like, it's, it's a cool reveal. It's, like, Alan, like, loses any sense of mystique very quickly because he's just constantly chattering at you. Well, I think my favorite thing about Alan is that when he talks to you, it comes through as, like, a phone call, and you can either talk to him or hang up on him. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, uh, uh, um, yeah, it just, a lot of things in this game are cool in theory, but not in execution, um, mm -hmm. and could have probably been reworked. There's penguins. That say beep beep. Yeah, more penguins. Um, and the 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 like the penguin robot, the spy penguin that your sister was working on. You you know you find her research and use it to to find the cure for the Kara is like it's so shitty in execution. It's like shitty. God, it sucks. It sucks, and it's like the big cool mechanic of the game, and you use but it. But it goes beep beep. It, it is very beep, cute. Beep. It is very cute in that, like, the way it talks to you, where it's like, reporting for duty! And yes. it's like, it, that's very sweet. It is It is kind of a, a pain in the ass to control. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you can take pictures of yourself. And yeah, you can take, you could use it to take selfies. It's great. Um, yeah, it's it's like they they You can it's, it's you can't use like it they... anywhere. You can't really just like use it for a variety of things. It's like you use it at the specific spots where they wanted you to use it. Um or you can like use it a little bit to like go and get fur from the like big angry animals which mm -hmm. like okay, I that was a thing I had to look up how to do, but sure. No, actually, that was a thing I did accidentally the first time because uh, it was um, it one was attacking my robot, and I was trying to see if there was a button that would attack back or like defend myself. And I was it like grabbed some fur, and I'm like, oh, I guess that's how you get fur. Yeah, it, it's almost like they came up with this cool robot idea and had no idea how to use it. So then they just kind of came up with ways, came up with excuses to use it. 
Yeah, um, if you could use it underwater, it feels like there would be a lot more places where it would make sense because there's a lot of like underwater crevice things where you could like use it to see the the thing you're trying to get to or to, like help yeah. you find a path or something like that. But no, you can only use it on land. So you're limited to like the few little places of land in the game that it lets you go up. It, which seems like a huge oversight on a planet that is mostly water, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. I think the the first step would be waterproofing after you got it like operational. But yeah. The first thing I did was build one and then put it out in the water and then couldn't pick it up. Oh so no. I, I um I found the like the cure for the Kara in like th there's like these little caves that you can only access by going in it with the spy pangling. And um Sam hid the cure the antidote in one of these little caves and so i found it and i picked it up and i was like huh this looks important and i walked out of the cave and then i accidentally like i think i was trying to run from a stalker or something and i accidentally ended up in water and i came so close to because when you when you go into water like the penguin just kind of explodes basically and all of the things that you have in your little four slot inventory just fall out and are in the environment I came so fucking close to losing that tiny antidote vial, like, <laughs> in the ocean somewhere. To, to be I... fair, like, they give you, when you pick, when the pangling picks it up, it gives you the recipe for it. Oh, does so, it? Okay. Yeah. So I think That's for fine. exactly that eventuality. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't even notice that because I was so fucking keyed up about, about how I almost completely ruined my run. Um, yeah. Okay, that's that's better than I thought it was. Yeah, I know. I, I specifically noticed that because I was thinking about it. Like, what if I just failed to get this back to the player? Like, what if I, you know, tipped tipped the pangling over, right? Like in this crevice and couldn't get it back out, and like just had to leave it here. Then what? But it's like no, it it gave you the recipe. Oh, that's good. They thought of that. That's fine. I I don't have a gripe with that anymore. Um, yeah, I feel like I feel like the pangling would have been much more fun to use if you had any cause to use it underwater, mm -hmm. because like penguins are penguins in general are much more agile under the water than they are on land. Um, penguins be falling over all the time. <laughs> penguins are so goofy. Um, yeah, you put them in water and they're like beautiful little birdie ballerinas. I don't know. Yep. I did like the design of so the, the pangling is their their version of penguins obviously um and it's this weird like uh, like little cone bird <laughs> with like a a toucan beak that sticks straight up in the air and has big teeth it's like it's a very weird and goofy design in a way that's pretty adorable and there's like little fuzzy baby ones and you can pick them up and if you do then any nearby adults get upset at you <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. Say what you will about the game, but their their creature design, as always, is on point. Yeah, there's a lot of very cool creatures, and even like the physical area design, like the the giant lily pads region, is really cool. Um, if it weren't for the fucking nightmare fish in it, the 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 final like couple of crystal areas are pretty cool. Um. I don't know. There's there's 
not like there were some cool spots in the first game too that I kind of missed. Like the big mushroom cave was like a a real moment in the first game, and the you know oh, the, the, like the under underwater like river cave river with the tree. Yeah, the, yeah. Um, that was like some kind of leviathan hatching ground or something. That yeah, was cool. That was um, rad. There was a there's that area which you don't even really have much reason to go to with the big bushes that like look like little star fields at night. Mm-hmm. That uh like that in the first game that was like really rad. Um so there are some there are some good environments in this one as well. Um I don't know, like I think maybe some of the ones from the first game are actually more memorable than the ones from the second game, but but yeah. the, the, they're still cool, cool designs, like cool, cool regions, neat, neat fish things. Um, yeah, that mining. I'm thinking thing. about like how does the experience of the game change? Because I was not scared at all in Below Zero. Oh yeah, because I'm yeah, I was fun. used to stuff. Yeah. Well, That's in the what... first game, I explored every single like piece because I was scared of going into the deep. Yeah, that that's probably uh, that is definitely also a thing where I'm like, I know I have to go deeper, but I don't want to go deeper because it's scary. So let me just like, yeah. I'm just gonna dick around here a little longer. Even even the um, like the the environment audio. There's a lot of like very ominous sort of drony uh like clicky creaky just you don't know what it is it's just there's a noise somewhere around you in the deep in the dark and the impact of that was even much greater in the first game but i think i think a lot of that is just exposure yeah to the game and there's not really a way of getting around that um other than like completely amping it up to a ridiculous degree yeah, and I also, like, despite being utterly terrified in the first game, was not really that scared for most of the second game. There were, like, a few moments where stuff felt... And I did, I will say, I did get to a couple places where I got to the edge of the world, and there's that fucking drop-off, and that still fucking terrifies me. Oh, like, yeah. I, even, like, knowing from the first game, like, what happens if you go out into the open ocean, which I assume is the same, in, more or less, in this game, um... Like, even being prepared for that, I couldn't, like, I couldn't bring myself to do it even as an experiment. I'm like, nope, it goes down forever until I can't see it. It's too scary. I will not go. Leviathans are going to spawn right on top of me forever if I (laughs) swim down there. Like, no thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, there's really no reason to, so. Yeah. That's fine. In the first one, you get one of the, like, uh, research logs from doing it. Oh, I guess but, that's true. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I made I did my usual like base build, made a little aquarium to keep a bunch of dudes. Um, yeah. I did not I, make an aquarium in this game. No. The not not even like the the big fancy one to hatch eggs. No. I was like, yeah. What's the point? I'll do it later. And then I didn't do it. Yeah, I, I will say I felt like I was doing it more out of kind of obligation than interest this time around. And I don't know, yeah. I'm not sure why that was. Maybe I was just like trying to like get through this, push through the story harder or something, but yeah. 
Yeah, um, I when I did I it in the first game, it was like I basically just got something and wanted to make it. But yeah. now I knew what yeah. it was. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there was a thing in the first game where I like filled a tank with these like deep sea rays because I thought they looked really cool. Um, but there wasn't anything that I wanted to have visually enough to be worth that effort in this one. The first time I played, I had a, a, a an entire tank just full of those like eyeball jellyfish because <laughs> when you when you go to the eyeball jellyfish area, their like little egg sacs are just fucking everywhere. Um, and it's so easy to just fill up your inventory with jellyfish eyeballs. So I just had a bunch of them. And I'm like, oh, I guess I'll build a tank for them. <laughs> and I just, I did. Um, it's just, they're so gross, but also cool. I don't know. It's it's literally just a big jellyfish with a fucking, like, human eyeball in it. There's <laughs> no reason for it to exist. But, eh, whatever. It's cool. It's fun. Um... Yeah, I don't know. It's like I I think this game it has a lot of the like the things that are good about the original in it and there is a lot I liked about it, but it just did not have the magic spark of the original and I think a lot of that is just stuff being slightly off in a way that made the design like a little bit a little bit more frustrating, a little bit less um directed a little bit less meaningful and it was and it seems like it was mostly the result of trying to be more complex and more interesting which is sort of like yeah funny and like ironic and sad yeah like we want to we want to put a, a specific narrative thread in here for you to follow um and a lot less for you to just kind of infer but that kind of backfired yeah I mean, we could we could even talk about. There's so many characters in this fucking game. Oh yes, you wanted to like, talk about the trucker. Yeah, like there, there's all these characters that you that are they're you know Altera employees who were on base with your sister, and you find their audio logs. Um, and like I mean, most they, they all have like a single character trait. So there's the guy whose character trait is I love my water truck. Um, there's the guy whose character trait is, like, I'm a corporate toady. Um, there's the, the guy who's like, I'm paranoid about this game that we're playing every week. Yeah, like, I, I'm I'm getting really into this game. Or, um, who's the other one? I, I hate these goddamn birds messing up my satellite. Um, and then there's, like, the scientist girl who is, like, maybe kind of dating your sister. I don't, I don't know if mm -hmm. that was ever fully like flushed out because your sister's like oh i think i might be seeing someone oh no i'm not seeing anyone um yeah it's it's just like too, too many fucking too many fucking people that that are you know they're clearly just here to fill out archetypal roles there's like a a, a an old russian guy who was i guess base security who you don't really see a lot of but he seems cool and he lives like right near the ice leviathan well, he's the one who killed your sister, isn't he? Or, like, oh, died oh. with her? That sounds right, now that I'm thinking about it. I didn't get to that part um, this time, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I vaguely remember that now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's fine. Like, I, you know, the banter is kind of cute and interesting in some cases. 
Um, but it, like, none of it is particularly standout. Um, and, like, it, it does serve to make it feel like, oh, this was, like, a quote-unquote bustling research facility. Um, you know, it had a number of people, and they all had their own jobs, and they all had, like, their, you know, petty infighting and, like, personal yeah. opinions and relationships and stuff. It's like, okay, like, that's a good thing to establish. It was weird as fuck to me. There's a There's a log where um your sister confronts this uh, like the way she found out about the the virus in the first place is that there's an artist in the group and he was doing a sketch of like a bacteria and your sister looks at it and she's like wait is this a variation on the kara are you and the guy's like i'm not telling you anything and she's like are you making a bioweapon and he's like we no. are making a bioweapon <laughs> like it's it feels really weird and forced. Just all of the characters are so goofy and and none is more goofy than the guy whose entire personality is truck. Like the, you go to his like little area like his little bunk area and then there's like there's a poster of the sea truck and he's got the sea truck on his bed and you see like a letter that he's writing to I don't know a family or I think like a sister or something and he's like I'm safe out here cuz I got my trusty sea truck like what? He's got a truck and a mustache, and those are his only two character traits. Yeah, um, it's just which, which is fine if he did end up being the playable character, right? Like truck and mustache is yeah. is all you need for main character. That but... is that is all you need for main character. Um, yeah, I it's it's just you know we're we're gonna try to cram so much more narrative in, and we're gonna try to cram so much more story in here, and none of it really amounts to anything. Yeah, um, that's fine. I still stand for it. Fred and his truck. Yeah. And I, you know, I had, I had a cool time, like, looking at, like, exploring the, the new regions and finding all kinds of interesting new critters. And, like, I thought the new Leviathan designs were really cool. Um, so maybe I just had, like, too high expectations going into it. Right? Because the first one was, like, really affecting. Mm -hmm. And so maybe it was just like, meh. Yeah, didn't didn't quite live up to the first one. It's not a bad game. There's for sure some serious quality of life improvements over the first game. They fixed the fucking UI stuff that bothered the fuck out of me, where yeah. you could were constantly like accidentally eating and dropping things because the buttons were not consistent across various menus. Yeah, in a lot of ways it does just feel like here's another game. Um, you know, regardless of everything that they try to do narratively, it's it, it really does feel like, well, I played Subnautica, I liked Subnautica, I want more Subnautica, and I could just play the first game again, but oh, here's this whole other game that I could play. And, you know, going into it with the background knowledge of having played the first game informs a lot of playing the second game, mm -hmm. and it, it does just seem like here's a game that you play if you want more Subnautica. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> or if you want more beds. Or if you want more beds. Yeah, yeah that's right. There are like six different bed variations. No, 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 no. There's ten. Oh, there's really? Ten. Oh, man. Yeah, everybody's like got their own unique bed and you can scan all of them and they are all just a different bed you can make. For some reason. Yeah. For some reason. 
Yeah, I was pretty happy with the little corner I made. I, I, I went through a couple different beds. I like changed it up periodically. But I had like, you know, a nice little planter on the wall and a bunch of posters and a, a shelf by the bed where I kept all the like little photos that I found and like trinkets, like my sister's necklace and whatnot. And yeah, yeah. I do love I do love the wall planter. Wall planter is always a good get. Um, I was so annoyed because they are, there are wall planters in Maida's space. Uh, her first space, but you cannot scan them there. You can only scan them when you find them in, like, her later base. And I'm like, yeah. why would you not let, like, I can see it. I know this is an object I can make from the first game. Same with, like, the, there's a, a, a facility earlier that does the, like, wall wall hangings, like wall plants. Um, yeah. Like, just the, the greenery wall. And I'm like, why won't you let me scan this? I know this is a thing I can build. Uh, like, yeah. why is this unscannable? And then I would find it again later, and it would be scannable. And I'm like, why didn't you just let me scan the first one? Yeah, that is goofy. I didn't don't put it there if that. you're not gonna. Don't put it there if you're not gonna let me have it. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of other things. Wait, you can make a snowman? Yes, you can. If you uh, you have to give it like um, like a. Uh, oxygen tank or something though like you make but you can and uh, i think like a rebreather but you can make a little snowman oh yeah which is good because you can also destroy the snowman that you first find and so i would feel sad if you couldn't like remake it for them that's true uh, not um, that i did i took all the stuff and ran with it but i felt better knowing that i could have i'm trying to remember um is there any like does your pda have any witty dialogue this time around or is it all occasionally, just occasionally? No, occasionally it it is still pretty funny. Um, there was there was something about like the the oxygen tank upgrade that said something about how it was like for executive and VIP breathing. Okay, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. Because I I just I remember a lot of like very um like sarcastic dialogue from the PDA in the first game that I don't. I didn't. I didn't clock. I guess. Yeah, the there was. Time I think there was not as much of it in this game. Um. But uh, but there definitely was some. That's fair. I guess technically you're not using an Altera PDA. You're using a Xenoworks PDA. Yeah. Um, but the the story is that like, um, the main character worked for a, you know, a a Xenobiology like startup company and was very anti-Altera, and then her startup got acquired by Altera anyway, so she ended up begrudgingly an Altera employee. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, and the there was also, like, the while there were a lot of audio logs, there were fewer of them were as funny as some of the, like, radio messages you got <clears throat> in the first one. Like, I'm thinking specifically of, like, the guy who calls in about your rescue, who's, like, very serious and, like, having a, a conversation with you about, like, how to save your life. Uh, you know, one-sided, obviously. You can't respond. Um, but then in the background, like, someone's trying to get his sandwich order for oh, lunch. Yeah, the and sandwiches. he has to keep fending them off. <laughs> or there's, there's one I remember from the first game that it was like, oh, this is the VIP escape pod. And the VIP person is on here. And they're... Like it sounds like the um the pod is trying to get him to record an escape message, and he's like, "No, I'm too important. Why should I have to broadcast a, a distress signal? People should just come and find me. They should know who I am and where to find me, or something something goofy like that." Yeah. 
Yeah, and there was some, like, interesting world building in some of it where, like, there was one where a guy was, like, crashing in his pod and doing, like, his final prayers. And so you kind of got an impression of what the, like, religions were like. There was also, like, a self-help and relationship book in the first one, which, like, just had the worst advice about, like, treating relationships like business transactions, basically. Yeah. And, like, yeah. all of that was, like, really good flavor. And there was some of that here, but it just felt, a, like, kind of more watered down and more bland compared to the last one. I wonder if they switched writers or if they just, you know, or if that's just kind of a, you know, part of working on the same game for a lot longer. You run out of ideas. Yeah. I don't know. It, it, a thought just occurred to me that, like, I feel like trying to have all of these characters that never appear on screen and only appear through logs, it feels like they were trying to do Tacoma, but without any of the, like, actual characterization that, that they had in yeah. Tacoma for all of these characters that you don't actually get to meet. Um, yeah, and Tacoma, like, has the advantage of, even if they're not, like, um, you know, what, like animated like real people, you do get to see kind of their their movements and their body language and their behavior, and you are following like just these specific like five or six characters yeah, for the whole is, game, and it is just very linear. Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't played Tacoma in a while. I probably won't, but that's a, that's a good, game. good game. That's a good game it's, that I like. It's, it's a solid game. I re we <laughs> recommend Tacoma. <laughs> yeah, we do recommend Tacoma. Uh, we recommend Subnautica Sub-Zero if you really liked the first Subnautica game and just want to explore the ocean some more and see some new things. Um, don't play it for the, like, for the fun story and, like, cool, exciting reveals, because they're, they don't really live up to the first one. Also, we I mean, told I guess... you about them. Yeah, also, we spoiled yeah. the heck out of them, but you knew that yeah. going in. Um, I guess you could also play it if you want, like, a... Uh, a new alien thirst trap. I don't know. I feel like they tried to make Alan's uh, like weird centaur design. Like, ooh, look at how cool this is. This is an alien you could fuck. Uh, I mean, I'm I kind of dig it. it is, yeah, it's a pretty cool design. He has weird floating robot hands that are neat. He does some like cool weird teleportation stuff that was very unsettling. Um, there's that. I feel like I'm going going to go back to this game to just build some base. Yeah, I mean the base building me. is the base building is very good and it like I said they did have a lot of like little quality of life improvements over the first game that I appreciated a lot. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll boot it up in uh what is it? Create it is like creative mode where you can just build whatever you want. You don't have yeah. to worry about. Yeah. I've never actually done that in Subnautica. The farthest I've gone is just play on freedom mode. Um, which doesn't have hunger or thirst, yeah. But it still has like the health and the cold. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just maybe I'll just go swim around and do some base building. That might be fun. That might be a fun way to spend my Sunday afternoon. Yeah, he does. I'm. I just looked up some pictures again. Like he does have a pretty neat design. I do like Alan's design a lot. It's sort of like a little bit centaur, a little bit like cyborg, a little bit like this weird bioorganic kind of texture or bioorganic yeah. um like biomechanical 
got pointy little beats. It's got like a, a just a big LED for a face. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm looking at concept art. Some of the concept art's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of different directions that they could have gone. I like the one that's like a big owl. <laughs> huh. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I I was I was hoping for I I guess as I said, like maybe I went into the game with my expectations too high because of the first game. Um I was I was hoping for more. And uh I don't know. Yeah. It it wasn't bad. It just was not it did not live up to what I was what I expected from the first game. Yeah, it I, yeah, it feels like it just kind of went in a different direction um than than what was really great about the first game, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um you know, they're 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 trying stuff. Like but... I you know, I don't want to discourage a game series from experimenting. I don't want to say like this game would have been better if it was more like the first game. Like, that's not necessarily true. Yeah. Like, I appreciate that they took some risks and they tried to do something more complex and more interesting. It just didn't happen to quite pay off in this case. Yeah, I think I think there definitely could have been, like, I don't know, an additional writing pass um, to try to, like, weave everything together or something. Mm -hmm. But again, you know, that's... That kind of tinkering is usually not feasible um in you know in the pipeline so what are you gonna do yeah maybe um, they wanted to do it for for speed run where you could just ignore half the story if you want to speed run the game maybe i mean you can do that in the first game that well yeah um i mean in in if it were if you were doing it glitchless you'd have to like You'd not exactly engage with the story, but at least go to some of the story locations. <laughs> but yeah, no, the the, the glitched speedruns of this are, are pretty amazing and hilarious. Um, a lot of like weird states where stuff is half built and you end up building two things on top of each other. And I don't know, it's all very complex. Anyway. Yeah, I didn't fall through the world any. Oh, did you do that in not the first one time? Single time? Yeah, a couple That's of times. <laughs> However, I did manage to like make the game think I wasn't in the water, so I had no, I couldn't swim. Oh yeah, I did have. Outside I think I had the, I think I had the opposite of that, where I was in my base and it still thought I was in the water, so I was just like floating and swimming through my base. <laughs> Uh, but you know, mostly not buggy. Yeah, I had I had like like one instance of getting just absolutely hopelessly stuck on geometry and having to wore myself out, but that's fine. That, oh, and that, I that can happen in any game, so it's yeah. not. It know. it does still have the problem where sometimes fish will randomly swim through the air in your base, and you can just grab them out of the air. <laughs> that's always so. fun. that's that's a feature though. That's a feature, not a bug, <laughs> in my yeah. mind. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. <laughs> Final thoughts on Subnautica Below Zero? Yeah, I mean, it's more Subnautica. Like you said, play it if you want more Subnautica, but you don't necessarily want to play the first one again. Eh, it's fine. It's not as good as the first game, but it's, yeah, it's it's 
fun if you want more Subnautica. What would you say is, like, biggest, like, single moment that you think will stick with you from this game? Because there were a few from the first game where I'm like, wow, this was, like, a moment in gaming that I will remember. Um, for me in this one, it was the, when I first found the, like, the mine area, there's, like, a really deep circular mine shaft that you have to swim down. And the ominousness of having to swim down and down and down this mine shaft like freaked me the fuck out, and I will probably remember that moment. That is one thing that I think this game did really well is they have a lot of these like plants that partially replenish your your oxygen, and that to me was a a great way of encouraging you to explore by sort of taking some of that time pressure off. By you know, th there's a good chance that if this is a place where you are meant to explore around. They're going to put a lot of these plants so they sort of give you free reign to do that as long as you're yeah. not too careless. And that was nice. Um, I mean, that's how I that's how I found the um, that's how I found Alan the first time was I was just kind of following this trail of um, of, of air bubble plants uh, yep. in a very ill advised way. Like I had I was like, going to say upgraded my tank and I liked I liked them in a certain way um, because like as you say they they do make it so you can explore further. Um, but I felt like they encouraged me to be reckless, like to not have the technology I technically needed to explore an area and just try. I'd let my, in the first game, I don't think I, I died maybe twice in the entire game. In this game, I died all the fucking time because I just stopped caring. I would just go until I ran out of oxygen and then let, let dying warp me back. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't die um, a single time, I think. I did once in the first game. Hmm. But my question yeah. still stands. Memorable, memorable moment from this game. Do you have one? First time seeing a vent garden. Ooh, yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, the the big leviathan, like the the first reveal of like a big leviathan. I guess a vent garden is technically a leviathan. Mm -hmm. Like those are always big moments. Um, the the minefield was not the minefield. The the mine was one. Um, the I thought the, um, and I think they could have done more with it, but the, the iceberg area was really cool to me. Like, here's all these icebergs, and you can just climb them. And you can go all the way to the top and dive off for fun. Um, that was yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think anything was as impact. Like, there were still cool moments, but I don't, I didn't feel like anything was as impactful, except for maybe, like, the big, the big set piece, ice leviathan in ice, um, because they make they, I mean, they do make a whole production of it. Um, yeah. No, it's so. well, it's well, it's a well designed. Like you come from a small space into a big space, you turn a corner, and there it is. And it's you know, yeah. like the, the spatial design like, is that is very good. Yeah, and you have to like take an elevator get up there, and there are not really elevators in the game. Like so, <laughs> it's you know, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, cool. Uh, so in that case, shall we move on to introducing what comes next? Yeah. Yeah. The next game we're going to be playing is Hades. Yay. Made by Finally Super Giant. What was that, Kelsa? We're finally doing it. We talked. I think we talked about it a couple episodes ago. Yeah, we're, we're like we're like a a year or two too late for the Zeitgeist on this one. I think. Yeah. But that's fine. Yeah, you know what? We're we're getting to it at our own pace. Okay, yeah. it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. 
I just started playing it recently. I'm enjoying myself. So, yeah. Um, if you if you have not heard of it, uh, Hades is a roguelike. It's um, it's an action game, and it's by the people who did Bastion. But they had like two games between this and Bastion, so it's I think like more polished and um, smoother <laughs> in a lot of ways than Bastion was. Yeah. And uh I haven't played this one at all. I I only played a little bit of Bastion and didn't care for it, so we'll see how I am I am to see how this goes. I am super curious to get your reaction to the story elements because uh it isn't it is heavily narrative in a way that I think is kind of interesting. Um so I'm I'm real curious what you're gonna think of the characters. I feel like the narrative elements are gonna be what save it for me. Um but we'll see. We'll see how we'll see how I feel about the gameplay. Um yeah, it's possible you'll hate it, um, but it's possible I'll you know, hate it. But I think... We'll have an interesting discussion if that's the case. Yeah, and if nothing else, there will be the gameplay elements there as like the carrot on the stick for me. So that's fine. Yep. That's usually all it takes, honestly, is like a good enough narrative and good enough characters to just mm -hmm. make me slog through something that is otherwise not not to my taste. So yeah. it'll be fine. <laughs> all right. Um, so if there's anyone on Earth now who who, who you know, has been thinking of playing Hades and hasn't gotten around to it yet, uh, you'll have us to tell you what we think of it, <laughs> in addition to everyone else who's already played it who can tell you. Yeah, you know, that's fine. It's fine. It'll be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Kelso, if people want to uh, talk to us about Hades or even guest on the Hades episode of our podcast next time, uh, how can they reach us? Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at FeedbackForce, and there will be a link to the Discord there, and you can hop on the Discord, um, join us on the Discord, talk about this game, talk about past games, talk about future games, you can suggest games if you want, um, and yeah, if you want to, like, even be on the next episode, you can do that. You can just do that. That's fine. All you have to do is, like, have a free Sunday and, and want to talk about Hades with us. It's yeah. literally, the, the bar is so low. Yeah, have a Discord account. <laughs> yeah, that too. Um, yeah, so there's that at Feedback Force. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, you can find me at Kelso Time Bomb. Not a lot going on there, but that's it. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, I can be reached at Kyla underscore Go. Uh, you can also buy my game, Wintermore Tactics Club, uh, on Steam, on uh, Xbox One, PS5, and 4, and the Switch. Yeah, and if you want, you can find my Twitter at Gug3. And at some point, hopefully in the near future, we will be able to plug games that you are on the credits for as well. Yeah, yeah, not in the near future. Well, you know, near is a relative term. Um, yeah, I mean, we've only been doing this for like six, almost seven years. Like, I think, I think. Oh. If we continue on the on this trajectory, we will eventually have a, a, a Carl game to shill. So, just yeah. gotta wait it out. Yeah. Anyway, um, this has been a podcast. Thank you all for listening. The next one will probably not be a month from now. Probably um, not. Months. Although, like Hades, Hades is one of those games that, like, you know, you can get the gist of it playing it for like two, three hours. But you know, I already have 
uh, like nearly 50 hours in it, and there's still story stuff that I want to explore. So, <laughs> like, it's, it's kind of flex to your to the size of your interest sort of game. That's fair. That's good. Yeah, we'll see y'all next time, and um, thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.